This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse for free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 4, Episode 23. Uh, how to break into the young adult market. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. <laughs> um, we have asked special guests um, Rob Wells. Hi, Rob. Hi. And Jancy, which, what, what pen name are you using? Are you Patterson. old? Patterson. Okay. Jancy Patterson. Um, two very, um, very old friends and, in um, Rob's case, a family of podcasters. Um, but uh, both of these are people who just broke into the YA. Yours is YA, right? Both of them YA? Yours middle grade or YA? Anyway, into the children's market. We're going to talk about their stories of how they broke in and how they got their book deals, and hopefully that will help you listeners to get your own book deals and break in. So let's go ahead and um, put the spotlight on Rob. We've been hearing from him on some podcasts recently. Tell us your story. What's going on with you? What's your deal? Um, just a month ago, maybe even a little less than a month ago, um, I got a three-book deal with uh, Harper Teen. Uh, the book is uh, young adult science fiction. Okay. So how did you get the deal? What did you uh, do? What I did was... Um, well, I wrote the book, and that's actually kind of an interesting story as well. I uh, um, uh, and and I'll try to be quick. Uh, I finished my MBA a year ago, and uh, and in this economy that we all know, um, I could not find a job, and uh, and I spent seven months unemployed, and uh, and Dan came to me in August of last year, and uh, and at the time I was working on uh, a YA book, but. Uh, I'd been, I've been working on that book for like three years, and it wasn't going anywhere. Um, and Dan came to me in, in August, September of last year, and he said, Hey, I'm going to World Fantasy. It is uh, the weekend of Halloween. Um, if you have a book that, uh, that you can pitch to agents and editors at World Fantasy, so fantasy or science fiction, um, I'll pay your way to go. And, uh, and so it was two because months Because I am a good brother. He is a fine brother. Didn't and, you once uh, plan to register the domain name thetalentedwellsbrother.com? Yes. <laughs> because I'm also a talented brother. <laughs> um, so anyway, I wrote uh, um, the book. I, I plotted it in like half an hour, and I wrote it in 11 days. <laughs> um, and, and then I did a lot of revision. Um, but I went to World Fantasy, um, met... Uh, um, uh, some good uh, agents and completely bombed uh, chatting with them. Um, submitted to the agents. Uh, I also submitted to Dan's agent, um, Sarah Crow, and uh, and she picked me up. Uh, she started sending the book out in December, end of November, December, um, and it was summarily rejected. Um, uh, and we went back and we did some revisions. She sent it out for a, another round, and it was rejected again. And uh, um, so I went back and I and I basically rewrote it another time, um, completely changed the ending, took out one of the main characters, and uh, she sent it out, and uh, and it, we got four offers on it, and it was uh, grabbed by Harper. So excellent, um, Jancy, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Um, you just recently got an offer, right? Yes, we recently have a sale to my first novel, to standalone contemporary YA novel, to Henry Holt, which okay. is with Macmillan. Mm-hmm. 
and how did that come about? You've got a long pathway to this, so kind of the, yeah, the expurgated version, I suppose. I wrote my first novel 10 years ago and have accumulated somewhere in the realm of 80 rejections, so yeah, it was a long, long path. Um, but I wrote, Skipped is the name of my book, um, I wrote it right after I had finished writing this big um, sort of depressing emotional book and I just wanted to write something fun and I someone had mentioned something about bounty hunters to me recently at that time and uh, I, re- I realized I don't know what a bounty hunter does and so I started doing research and found a lot of interesting things about how they work in the justice system and I just I decided I was going to write a book with basically three characters and one timeline and one setting um, and just move through it as fast as I could so I wrote skipped um, and then I hooked up with my agent in October of last year, so October 2009. Um, my agent is Eddie Schneider at Jabberwocky, and I have a good friend also with Jabberwocky who helped me with hey, my networking <laughs> um, very graciously. Um, and Eddie actually requested to see all of the books I had ready. I had three ready at the time, um, and he said that he thought Skipped was in the best shape, which it was. I think having fun with writing, again, helped me to... Um, turn out a really polished draft. So I did a revision for him. It took me about three months. He gave me some really solid notes. I had like nine pages of changes to make. Um, And so I went through that. And then we sent out the book, I believe in February. And it took about a month um, of responses and things before it sold to Henry Holt. So. Okay. Now, can, can I can yeah. I jump in mm-hmm. one thing? One thing that she mentioned that that I don't want to give the wrong impression by any means. Um, when I when I mentioned that I wrote the book in eleven days, I started my first book ten years ago also, and I've written seven and, full novels yeah. that, um, and then four that are halfway done. And so I, I just my point in saying that is I don't want to make it seem like I'm so awesome. I wrote a book in eleven days, and I'm um, no. And you had been published in the in a specialty market in yes. um, the LDS market several times, and right. so you had right. some experience with publishing. Yeah, I, I just don't want to make it seem like it's not work. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's pretty much my exact situation. I'd written seven novels, but I wrote skipped in about four weeks yeah. when I turned out the draft because I just wanted to do something fun and fast. So, um, Jancy, I want to dig a little deeper into this because you had the Eddie was your second agent. That's right. Um, and you don't have to mention names if you don't feel comfortable doing it. But you were with another agent. And it didn't go anywhere. And this was a big name agent. And um, can you share your story with that? Because a lot of people who are going to be listening have been seeking agents or been sending agents. Some may have been picked up by an agent, dropped by an agent, um, things like this. What was your experience and why did you end up not with that agent? I've heard a lot of horror stories about bad agents. I never had a bad agent. My first agent was excellent. She was very good. Um, What happened was she picked me up and she sent around one of my books. I'd done a revision for her, but it had been a pretty small one. She sent it around and we got like 24 rejections, got rejected by just about every house in New York, um, which was really hard. I had never had a hard time with rejection before that, but that was just a lot of rejection in a very short space of time. Um, And what happened was we realized in the course of that that the feedback that I needed was not feedback that she was able to give me. We could both tell that there were things that were not working with my manuscripts, and I really needed an agent who could give me feedback that would help me to revise appropriately, and she was much much lighter on the feedback than the agent that I needed. And so it was really just a conflict of needs. Um, She needed a client who could get a manuscript much more polished before they sent it to her. And so it was a mutual decision. We just decided that this was just not going to work. And so sometimes that happens. Sometimes I I think that's important to know. I mean, we've talked about a little bit on the podcast before, but an an agent relationship um, and an editor relationship in some um, instances too is, you know, different agencies provide different things. There are authors out there who would hate the idea of their agent offering any feedback. I know some of these authors, and th- that they don't think that's the agent's job. The agent takes it and sells it. Whereas 
you looked for someone who could tell you what you needed to do because, um, and I, I know Jancy very well, she's an excellent writer she's, I, and she's a fantastic reviser. Um, but she, you, it seemed like you needed somebody to give you that, this is what you need to do, and then you could do it. And that agent wasn't doing that. And it's not that the agent was bad. It's just that agent would be perfect for someone who just hated the idea of getting revisions from agents. Um, and some people are like that. And when, when I signed my contract with Jabberwocky, I did it with a lot of reservations because I was worried that, I mean, I'd just gotten burned. I mean, not, not intentionally by her, but things hadn't worked out. But when I got my first set of feedback from Eddie, I knew this was the right agent for me because he gives excellent feedback. And that's something that he uh, does a lot of and is very good at and is something that he likes to do for his authors. And so it's a much better fit for me. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and do our book of the week. Um, Jancy's going to tell us about a book we lo- that she loves, um, which is... Um, An Abundance of Catherines by John Green. If you're writing YA, especially contemporary YA, you really need to read John Green because he's brilliant. Um, He's won the Prince Medal a couple of times. An Abundance of Catherines is about a kid who only dates girls named Catherine with a K. That's his type. And he's a prodigy, and it's about him figuring out his life. And it's just a really fun, smart read. Okay. And you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. Um, They have an abundance of Catherine's on Audible. Audible, And you can download a free copy and start a 15-day free trial uh, to get some audiobooks. So thank you very much. Um, Let's try – I want to ask some more specific questions um, here – Let's say there are listeners right now who are trying to break into the YA market specifically. We're not just talking science fiction fantasy because Skipped is, is, is mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just talking the, the YA genre. What advice do you have from your experiences of having just broken in that you could give them? Either one of you. And I'll let you think because I want to <laughs> give a, a, a kind of a, a bracket to this. When I was trying to break in, um, I, would, I got lots of advice from a lot of different authors. And I found, I discovered that a lot of them had broken in 20 years before. And so their advice, they would say, oh, you have to do this, was in some cases there was good advice. There was a lot of bad advice that was bad advice only because they hadn't done it in quite a long time. And I'm starting to realize this is getting scary to me. I broke in seven years ago now. Um, Seven years is enough time in this market for things to start changing 
drastically. And beyond that, I broke into science fiction fantasy. I've noticed a lot of differences between science fiction fantasy and the YA market and things like this. So I, that's why I want to ask you guys for advice. And now that I've talked and given you time and put you on the spot, what can you guys give us? This is more on the craft side and less okay. on the business side. But the biggest thing that I needed to do was to learn to revise effectively. Okay. Um, we've talked about needing notes and things. Um, I, for a long time, resisted revision because it's so much work. You write a draft and you feel like, I've done all of this work. I should have produced something that's sellable. And it's not. Writing a first draft, for me, is a quarter to a third of the work that needs to be done on the draft. And that's different for everybody. Some people write really clean. Some people write even sloppier than I do. It's There's a continuum. But if I had learned to just hunker down and sometimes fully rewrite the book and sometimes spend you know months and months revising when I only spent one month writing the draft, then I think I would have broken in a lot sooner. And so not being afraid to put a lot of work in even after you have a draft I think is really important. Okay, Rob. I'll, I'll echo that uh, before I talk about other stuff. But um, but yeah, like, like I said, uh, with my agent, um, I did a lot of revisions and uh, they actually weren't revisions my agent recommended. Um, but uh, when we sent it out the first time... Um, it was rejected by, I think, nine uh, pretty quick. Um, and, and several of those nine all had the same complaints. And, and so I went back and made them. Um, and I think that, I mean, as far as advice, I think the biggest thing, um, Dan and my uh, dad uh, has a phrase that he uses all the time, which is cheerfully flexible, which means that uh, um, whenever you see a problem, you're cheerfully flexible. You just, you just adapt to it. And I think that, that agents and editors... Um, are so much more willing to work with you uh, if you don't put on some big, I'm an artiste and I'm better than you and I don't revise and I do whatever. Actually, um, uh, with my deal, I had been rejected by Harper. Um, and, uh, and she wrote a, a long letter, my editor there, she wrote a long letter to my agent uh, that she passed on to me that said, uh, these are the reasons that I'm rejecting it. I, I love it, but... If he did these revisions with with no um, with no guarantees on my part, um, then I'd be willing to look at it again. Um, and so I could have easily just said, "Well, screw that," and and I'm just gonna we're just gonna keep sending it out to other other people. But but I mean that's something that I wanted, and and I I really liked the publisher, and and so I was I was flexible. I did some things that I had originally been very resistant to, but I made those those edits and revisions and. Uh, and it worked. Jancy, did you have something else you were going to add on there? I think Rob said something really key there. I mean, I've also been rejected by editors who say that they love my work. And that's always kind of frustrating because it's like, if you love it, why don't you pay me money for it? But <laughs> the marketplace really is very, very competitive. It's so competitive that they can afford to turn down things that they love because they aren't perfect. And no book is ever going to be perfect, perfect. But paying attention to the reasons that you're being rejected and the, the feedback that you're receiving so that you can make your book even better is really important because of how competitive things are. Sure. One thing that, uh, like Rob said, he and I have the same agent. One thing that she says frequently is that she will turn down stuff that's excellent because it's just not right for her. She's not necessarily the best agent for it, and that author would be ill-served if she were to accept the manuscript. And so, yeah, paying attention to why you're being rejected, sometimes yeah. you're just not a good compatible fit. Jabberwocky rejected you. Yeah. Um, kind of mutually. You discussed it. Um, mm-hmm. This was uh, for, back uh, before Eddie. I can't remember yeah. the other Steve, guy's name. Steve. Steve. That was there. Uh, we talked about it, and we said, you know, we, we, this isn't going to work if we try to do this together. So. Yeah. 
Um, and so, well, and, and on that note, I mean, so much of it is just sticking with it uh, regardless. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, Jancy's agent, uh, Eddie, I met at World Fantasy. She was just signing with him at the time. I met him. I pitched very poorly and awkwardly to him. Um, uh, I sent him the thing, and I have never heard back from him. And, and, uh, and so just because you're rejected by one or not even, I mean, there's no response. It doesn't mean that you're a bad writer. It doesn't mean your writing's bad. And it doesn't mean that it won't be commercially successful um, and that it won't eventually sell as long as you just keep plugging away. And that's an important distinction. Just because your writing is not to a point yet where you're receiving acceptances doesn't make you a bad writer. It may make you a writer who has work to do, but not a bad writer. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give our writing prompt because something just popped in my head. Um, I don't know if this is going to be a good one, but <laughs> write a story where two roommates um, are you know, living together and one of them sells a book manuscript and then vanishes and the other roommate decides to go ahead and pretend that it was their manuscript and finish the book. And they, let's say they sold it on proposal. And so they have to finish the book. And that's going to be your writing prompt is um, the um, roommate pretending to write the book of the other roommate. You're out of excuses. Now go write. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storytellers' stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. Locus. 